This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Rosa. Thank you so much for joining. And for this episode, we're going to be talking about highly sensitive people. We're going to talk about what that means, what it looks like, how to know if this label applies to you. I have Ibinye Osibodu. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's also a highly sensitive person coach and she's going to talk about her own story of discovering this how she was able to overcome some of the difficulties associated with being highly sensitive especially in this crazy chaotic world and just the experience of everyday life so if this is something that that you find relatable if it's interesting if you find it healing on your journey don't hesitate to share it on your social media, share it with a friend and tag me. Make sure that if you share it on Instagram, that you let me know. And I would love to reshare that with my audience. Also, please subscribe to my podcast so you can be notified every time a new episode is shared. And if you would be so kind to leave a review on Apple Podcast, as this really, really helps boost our presence on this platform and it helps us reach more people. So I will leave you all to this episode. It is so interesting, so fascinating. I just love talking to Ivy. She is so kind, so generous with the information that she shared, her story, so vulnerable. And I just so appreciate her willingness to come on the podcast to share. Before I go into the actual episode, I want to give a brief disclaimer that this episode is not meant to treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition. And it is not a substitute for health care or mental health services. Guests have a right to share their opinion and perspective. And this does not constitute an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Without further ado, here's the interview with Ibinye. Take a listen. Hi, Ivy. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. <laughs> We hi, had, hi so for the folks listening we had a few difficulties the last recording so I'm so grateful to Ivy for being willing and able to do this again in such a short notice thank you Ivy oh you're welcome it's good to be back technology <laughs> it's great but sometimes you know it's strange yeah yes definitely well let's uh, just to get started can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the healing work that you do so there are two things that I do as a licensed marriage and family therapist. I work with couples who are typically on the verge of divorce, helping them to um, heal their communication. Um, and I also work with women who struggle with anxiety and insomnia. 
And then as a coach, I help highly sensitive women really learn more about what sensitivity is, learn to accept and embrace their sensitivity and learn to set boundaries and stand up for themselves so that they can thrive. Wonderful. And so to get started, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, going back to the the highly sensitive person mm-hmm. and that specialization that you have as a coach and how did, did this work show up for you? How did you get started with, with this? I think it's very niche, very specific. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of folks uh, do this. Uh, so right. can you tell us a little bit of how you found this path? So I've always felt a little bit different and I've always been called weird so growing up the kids at school would call me weird and I don't even remember if it bothered me or not because I I think I knew I was different so I was like "Eh, I'm different you know whatever um and I noticed that I I cried a lot well I didn't notice I was told that I cried too much I always was like oh something's off with me and anyway skip to adulthood um I was sitting down at work and a friend of mine texts me. She says, I think this is you. And it said something about high sensitivity. Instantly, I was insulted. How dare she call me highly sensitive? What does that even mean? <laughs> you know, I had no idea what that was. Because all my life, I was called too sensitive. You're too sensitive. You cry too much. Why do you even care about that? Why does that bother you? Why do you have so many feelings? So I always thought feelings were bad. And as I read through, I don't know if it was a blog, I'm not really sure what it was, an article, I don't know, something. I was like, this is me. So there's a name for this thing I have felt all of my life. And that just got me started with reading books and going online and learning and talking to people. And as I continued my work as a therapist, I started to notice some of those highly sensitive traits in some of my clients. And I noticed they would come in and they'd be diagnosed with just all types of things that I wasn't seeing, you know, some will be diagnosed as bipolar. And I'm like, I'm not really seeing the high highs and the low lows, or some will be diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And I'm like, I see some anxiety, but I don't know that I would take it all the way to generalized anxiety. And the more I educated them about high sensitivity, I noticed a lot of the symptoms they came in with will just, you know, dissipate with time. And that's how it basically fell into my lap. Wonderful. And, you know, I'm just wondering for you, you know, identifying as, as highly sensitive person, how has your own, would you, I don't know if you would call it healing or self-acceptance or integration, right. Of of this, of of this part of, of yourself, how has this evolved in a personal way alongside with the work that you've that now that you're offering to others, what have you, what have you noticed? What has been your personal journey in in integrating this? Cause I know it's not quite healing, right. Cause this is right. This is who you are. Right. But how has this been integrated as alongside your, your coaching career? Yeah. Yeah. So at the beginning of my therapy career, I had no idea what high sensitivity was. So I was just, you know, going through the DSM and just diagnosing clients or whatever I saw. But deep inside, there was sometimes when I diagnose a client with, say, generalized anxiety, and I'm like, it doesn't really fit, but I need to give a diagnosis. Like, what do I do here? Um, But as I did my own personal work of truly understanding that high sensitivity is not a disorder. Like I had to come to acceptance. It's not a disorder. It's not going away. 
we're just going to have to learn how to manage it. Because I think before grad school, I had spent all my life trying to make it go away, trying to pretend like I was somebody else. So I would present myself in the world as somebody else because I wanted to be accepted. I was so tired of people saying, you're too sensitive. You cry too much. Why do you care too much? Why does this bother you? Why does everything bother you? So I was like, okay, my mission in life is to build thick skin. But as I started to truly just embrace that, my depth of emotion is great. My depth of emotion is actually what draws clients to me. Because clients will start to make comments like, oh, my last therapist wasn't like you. And you seem so relaxed and you seem like yourself. And I started even dressing differently because when I first started as a therapist, I dressed the way I thought I was supposed to dress. <laughs> I spoke the way I thought I was supposed to speak. Even my hair, I did my hair the way I thought I was supposed to. That was, again, that mask of hiding my sensitivity. But once I embraced, once I embraced who I was, um, I realized that, are you there? Okay, so for the folks listening, our call just dropped. <laughs> So we're back. I'm so sorry for this interruption. I don't know. Yes, we're going to get through it. I mean, one way or another. <laughs> this is a test of patience and willpower. Oh my goodness. So, so uh, crazy how this is happening. And, and you know, this, I, I can think of one other person that this has happened, you know, since doing the podcast yeah. and I don't know what, what it's about, <laughs> but, but we're back. Okay. We are back. So, so you were sharing your story a little bit about, mm -hmm. so can, can we, let's, let's pick up from there. <laughs> yes. Yes. So as I started to, I guess, show up authentically as myself, that of course showed up in my work. I, I was able to trust my intuition more as a therapist, which is really great when you're highly sensitive because we're very much, I think we have really strong intuition as highly sensitive people and clients started to really respond and clients really started to open up. And then I started to ask more about the, the sensitive pieces. You know, do you ever feel like your emotions are stronger than others? Or do you feel overstimulated a lot? Do you feel like you can pick up sounds or um, different fabrics are itchy on your skin? Or have you felt like you were different, you know, within your family and they'd be like, oh my gosh, yes. Nobody has ever, and I've seen three therapists and nobody has ever asked me that. Or they'd say, I've said some of these things to my previous therapist and they've said like, that's not a thing. That invalidation, like that's no, whatever you think you're experiencing is not it. And so I realized that there was a need for this work. Um, and it's so interesting, the more you grow, the more you're able to pour into other people and help them grow. It's almost like my clients were able to sense my growth and sense my level of comfort with myself. And the more comfortable I grew with myself, the more I learned about myself, the more I was able to teach them. And that's how I, you know, kind of segued into, into coaching. Mm. And did you notice, and the reason why I'm going to ask this is because I, I've noticed this in my own practice. Did you notice that when you became more aware of being highly sensitive, you suddenly had an influx of highly sensitive people coming yes. to you. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. It's almost like when you're going through something in, in your personal life, 
you know the universe has a way of just Mm -hmm. showing you more of that to it's almost like an opportunity to continue working through your own difficulties as you work with others I think it's it's amazing how that happens yes because it's so funny because initially on my website I didn't even write anything about high sensitivity but you're right I realized that the more I started working on myself and the more I accepted myself I was just getting thrown every highly sensitive person in the planet and and I loved it because I was so grateful that I was able to to help them because people are looking for help people are looking for answers and it's frustrating when they go to you know someone they view as an expert or a professional and that professional is telling them what you're experiencing is not real so highly invalidating yeah absolutely and you know I I want to ask or you know, share and then ask you if you experience this, but you know, I, I also consider myself highly sensitive. Uh, and one of the things that I start noticing, this was a few, year, few years back, well, again, when I start realizing that I have, uh, this is how I am, how I've always been, yeah. and, and there's nothing wrong with me in that sense. Okay. Um, I started noticing also that I started picking up my, my clients emotions before they even walked into the door. It's almost mm. like, you know, let's say I, I, I just had my coffee. It was early in the morning. I had yeah. energy. And then maybe 10 minutes before the next session, I suddenly felt really tired or, mm. or just, or irritable or annoyed yeah. or for no mm-hmm. reason. Right. I'm just maybe finishing up with one, one client and then the next yeah. one in between, I would feel these. And then I I started realizing that I was actually picking up the emotions of my client of my next client or that, you know, they weren't even with me. And and I was almost um, already picking up that, that energy. I'm wondering if you've heard this of other people that are highly sensitive, if you experienced this yourself, what are your thoughts about this? High sensitivity is almost like being a sponge. And that's why it's so important that we take care of ourselves because it is true. You do feel like you are absorbing the emotions of people that are around you. And once you're aware of that, then you're able to be able to separate me versus you. Because sometimes, you know, you feel a certain emotion and you're like, I don't get it. Like, why am I suddenly upset? And you have to separate, okay, it's not me, it's this other person. And I think for us as professionals, we're lucky that we do the work that we do because we're able to notice these things and we're able to address these things and we're able to take this information and actually use it to help other people. And that's why I often think of high sensitivity as a gift. Before I hated it, I have to be honest with you, I was like, I wanna be this way. I just wanna be like everybody else. I just wanna be like everyone else. But now I see it more as, It's a gift. And especially now in my role as a coach, I think it's so great to be able to just validate people um, and sometimes give voice to emotions that they don't even know are there. So when I'm picking up an emotion, being able to bring that up and say, you know, I know you said everything is fine, but are you sure everything is fine? And then they usually laugh and they'd be like, okay, let me be honest with you. This is what's going on. And, And I love that. So it's just so connected. I think you mentioned this earlier with intuition and it's almost like having this gift, like you said, it amplifies our intuition. And I can imagine for those that develop this gift even further, Mm -hmm. I I can imagine you're, you know, they're able to really 
touch, you know, really get connected with, with folks and maybe even come across as, you know, a little bit of a mind reader, you know, how, uh-huh. how do you know that? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just talking about people in general, yeah. but I think that this sensitivity when channeled it, it, when we, when it's accepted and channeled can be very powerful right. tool to connect with others uh-huh. in a deeper yeah. way. Absolutely. I've always found, even without being a coach, even without being a therapist, now that I think back to my childhood, people have always come to me for, I don't even know what they came to me, what they were looking for. I don't know if it's guidance. I don't know if it's to vent. I don't know if it's for validation or for empathy. But I remember even as a child, people would come and just talk to me about what they were experiencing in their lives. And I would just be like, and I was actually more than happy to listen. But I think the part is because I was a child, I was overwhelmed. Like, I don't understand why all these people are coming to me. And I was always the secret keeper as well. Not bad secrets like trauma, but just people would, I I got the feeling they were talking to me about things they couldn't talk to their loved ones about, which is very strange because in my culture, children aren't necessarily like really regarded with lots of rights. <laughs> so it was like, oh, all these people are coming to me. That's interesting. But I think maybe when you're highly sensitive, I sense that people, people can feel that sense of empathy. And a lot of times we, we can be non-judgmental. doesn't mean that we're all non-judgmental. Um, and because we feel such deep emotions, we're able to validate other people's emotions. We're like, I get it. I get why you're sad today. And Maybe they were not receiving that from other people. I don't know. Well, absolutely. And, you know, as, as a therapist yourself and, and myself, I feel that sometimes being highly sensitive can also be when we're not aware of it, it can also be a, uh, a little bit more challenging, you know, than, than a therapist or someone else that works with people, not necessarily a therapist, but it could be anyone yeah. that when you're working with people and absorbing so much of that energy throughout the day, it can be very, very easy to to get burned out. Yeah. And I'm wondering, um, you know, as a therapist, how, what would be your recommendations? What has helped you mm-hmm. avoid or, or maybe not, you know, how, how, how is yeah. it that you've managed that part of absorbing so much, uh, especially as a therapist working with very heavy, mm-hmm. you know, heavy mm-hmm. um, difficulties that, that folks have. Yeah. So I, I've gone through almost an evolution. At the beginning, I felt like, well, I have these skills, so I'm supposed to help everyone. And so I'll just take anyone who called me because I'm like, they really need my help. I can help them. So sure, I'll help them. But I had to really take stock of myself and really ask myself, what type of people are you naturally drawn to? And I, I, I literally wrote it out. Like, these are the types of people that I'm naturally drawn to. What types of people do you enjoy helping the most? And I wrote that down. What types of people feel the heaviest for you? Or do you feel like you're not necessarily equipped to help? And, I, and that was very hard for me because you just want to help everyone. I'm like, they called me and why can't I help them? And so now I'm pretty selective on who I see. I'll only see people who like meet that criteria that I've set for myself. Um, I'm also pretty selective on how many clients I'm seeing every week because I'm one of those highly sensitive people who I don't have a lot of bandwidth. I, I know some people can see 40 clients a week. I cannot. 
which was also a struggle for me in the beginning. You know, I used to compare myself to my friends. I'm like, they are seeing all these people and they do this five days a week and I don't, and I'm even so tired. And I've learned to just accept the way my body is. And I'm learning to, I pour my creativity into other channels. So I'm not just helping people through one-on-one coaching or one-on-one therapy. I have my social media, which I really enjoy. I, I find that I really enjoy doing it. And that's another outlet for me. So I think finding outlets that work for you, knowing what you can and cannot handle and being able to be mindful of, um, and I know that it's a privilege to be in private practice because if I was working somewhere else, I wouldn't. So I'm, I'm fully aware of that privilege. Um, but just being able to tailor life to who you are. And when you're going through difficult seasons or different seasons of your life, you might not be able to see as many clients and some seasons you might need to add more. No, absolutely. You know, I was just, I, as you were sharing, I was thinking back to the time b- before I realized this gift that I have is highly sensitive. I remember feeling like, you know, why, why is it that I always have to be doing extra self-care? Why do I yes. have to be doing meditation and yoga mm-hmm. and walking and my dogs, you know, and, and I, all of the, and, you know, at the end, at the end of the week, I would have to do all these self-care things just to recover. And then I thought it was something, well, I, you know, because I was working, I was seeing over, I mean, at some point I remember I had 35 individual sessions plus two, two or three groups of like 10 people each. So I was seeing so each week and I did that for about five years. And I remember thinking like, well, what's, what's wrong with me? Right. I should be able to handle this. I've been doing this for so long. Right. And, And then when I finally realized, well, I'm highly sensitive. No wonder I'm absorbing everything. No wonder it takes me so long to recover and detox almost right from the, from my week. And for me, that was a huge awakening to realize that there's nothing wrong with me. It's just the amount of work. And because I'm, I'm absorbing everything is not sustainable. And eventually if I would have kept that going, I I don't know, I would have gotten sick, you know, at some point. Um, so for me, it was, I think it just changed my life in that regard. And, and I was able to shift also, you know, my, my, my practice, my career mm-hmm. in a way that is sustainable for me yeah. and still doing the work that I love, but in a way right. that, that that's sustainable. So I can keep doing it for years yes. to come. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that so many, for so many therapists, I think so many of us go into this field because we are so in tune with others. Right. And, and yeah. when we don't know, we, we just think, well, it's maybe it's the it's me or it's the company that I work for is mm-hmm. the fact that I, I have to do everything in my prior practice. I don't have help. But the reality is that we're, it's just our sensitivity, our tolerance, yes. our bandwidth. Mm-hmm. I think you, you shared it's, it's different than others. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's not a bad thing because before I saw my bandwidth as bad because I was constantly comparing myself to people around me who. I have a lot of high powered people around me and these people are like juggling so many responsibilities. And so I had a tendency in the past to compare myself to these people. Like she's able to do this and this and this and work on like 10 different projects at the same time. Why can't I do this? But I think part of sensitivity is we're we're always learning acceptance. Like this is who you are. There's nothing wrong with who you are. Learn to work within the parameters of, I guess, the life that you were given. And, and that's where I found freedom. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I have a question for you because I know you are also uh, our marriage or marriage mm-hmm. therapist, couples mm-hmm. therapist. And yes. how do you see high sensitive people? How does it impact relationships? How do you see that they function within a within a partnership when the other when the other person is not? How does that yeah. show up? How does that impact the relationship? Ooh, it can be very tough. Um, it could be something as simple as how do we go to bed at night? The highly sensitive person can be like, I just want to be in a dark room. And then the spouse is like, no, I like noise. Or the highly sensitive person is wanting to just rest one day a week or whatever. And the partner is like, no, let's do all these adventures. So it's really about learning how to help the non-highly sensitive partner. Well, let me rephrase. It's about learning to help the highly sensitive partner, first of all, understand who they are so that they can communicate who they are to their partner, address what they need, help the other partner understand that it's not personal because sometimes it can feel personal to the non-highly sensitive partner. Like, I don't understand. I'm trying to please you. I'm trying to meet your needs. And it seems like I'm never meeting your needs. Did I do something wrong? Um, Helping them to also compromise, you know, if especially if they're married to a highly sensitive person that doesn't have a whole lot of bandwidth, because there are some highly sensitive people who they go skydiving and bungee jumping and they do all these things and they love to jump off planes and they love all these things. Um, also teaching them to change what they thought their marriage was supposed to look like. So let's say, for example, a person is with a partner who doesn't want to skydive and bungee jump, helping them understand that you could still skydive and bungee jump, but maybe just not with your spouse. Maybe your spouse will accompany you to the site, but they're not getting on the plane with you. They'll be on the floor clapping when you get back. So trying to just kind of change the rules and roles within the relationship. But I do have to say, if you're highly sensitive, your only option is not just being with someone who's highly sensitive. You can have a very successful relationship with a non-sensitive, non-highly sensitive person, you just have to continuously speak up because highly sensitive people tend to throw themselves into the fire. They'll um, they'll do things to please other people so that they don't rock the boat. I, I've noticed that a lot that the the people pleaser, you know, being uh-huh. always or even a lot of codependency, and yes. I mean the codependency and people, you know, there's a lot of factors also uh-huh. that have nothing to do with being highly sensitive that lead to that. But I notice that correlation too, because I, I think because uh, we're so used to being told that you know we're too emotional or yes. we're too much of this, too much of that, yes. that that eventually is like, well, I don't want to be that. So how can I? What, what can I do for you? So I, so you accept. Right. So then we, yes. we turn into these people pleasers, but yeah. Um, yeah. What, what would you say to, to those that, that identify as highly sensitive and also very much people pleaser, just wanting to, to be, you know, others to be okay with them. Yeah. So there's this phrase I say to my clients all the time is seek respect as opposed to understanding. And they're like, what? But I want everyone to understand me everyone is not going to understand your sensitivity, right? Because highly sensitive people are typically outliers in society. You know, there's a smaller percentage of highly sensitive people versus non-highly sensitive people. So it's being okay with who you are and being okay with the idea that 
everyone is not going to understand your trait, right? Um, a cat can't understand a dog because a dog is weird from a cat's perspective. Like, why does it bark? That's just weird. But it's not weird. Dogs are meant to bark. They're not meant to meow. And it's the same thing with high sensitivity. I'm like, you're a little bit different, but that is okay. But we seek to find respect from others, not necessarily understanding. You can have non-highly sensitive friends who don't necessarily understand the fine details of your traits, but they still respect you enough to honor your boundaries and honor your wishes. So that's the main thing that we work on. It's yes, we can educate the people around us about our sensitivity, but we're more working on boundaries. How do you want to live your life? What do you want the rules of your relationships to be like? How can you communicate that with kindness to people around you? And that tends to really help with that people-pleasing part. And what would you recommend for parents that are already noticing that their child is high, highly sensitive or mm-hmm. maybe not highly sensitive yet, mm-hmm. but no, you know, those, those tendencies are there and they're picking up on that. Um, what would you recommend in terms of parenting to a certain extent, um, mm-hmm. discipline, but also with boundary setting for them, teaching them how yes. to set boundaries and then how to honor who they are uh, as an individual and with this, this gift? Yeah. So let's first start with the mindset. I think some parents feel disappointed when they find out that their child is more sensitive than them or highly sensitive. It almost feels like a failure, like, oh. So we're not going to get to do all the things and they're not going to get to be tough and strong and whatever it is that they think. High sensitivity has nothing to do with toughness or strength or weakness. It's just a trait. It's okay. Um, Learning to validate the feelings of your child. So if your child is saying, my tummy hurts, you don't say like, suck it up and get over it, which a lot of parents do. It's let's talk more about that. Why does your tummy hurt? What do you feel it? What do you need from me? So trying to meet the needs of your child, trying to give your child voice, um, trying to help your child identify emotions. They're going to have a lot of emotions, which can be overwhelming to a non-highly sensitive parent. Read a little bit about high sensitivity to kind of give you some level of understanding. You will never fully understand because you're not walking in your child's shoes Um, Let the child know that you love them. Sometimes highly sensitive people just need space and time to be alone. And when you're a child, you don't always know that that's what you're needing. So giving that space and time to be alone, um, we tend to get overstimulated a lot. Bright lights, itchy fabrics, sounds, smells, tastes, textures, too many people around us when we're rushing, when there's stress, when someone's yelling. So be aware of that. You might want to turn down the volume of things, you know, around the child. Um, I know some parents are like, am I just going to cuddle the child all of all of their life? It's not cuddling. It's kindness. That, that's what it is. It's kindness. If you had a family member who needed a wheelchair, you would buy them a wheelchair if you could. It's not cuddling. It's just, it's just kindness, right? Um, and I think those things really help. And as the child gets older, continuing communication. Highly sensitive people have such strong intuition. As the child gets older, they'll know what they want and what they need. But sometimes because they feel the pressure to be like maybe non-highly sensitive siblings or their non-highly sensitive classmates, 
they might try and morph into those other people. So allowing them to know that you're okay just the way that you are, which is not that different from what we should be doing with all our kids anyway. I, I love that. And, and it, just, it just brought to mind the applying that also to ourselves, right? Like, yes. You know, that, that nurturing that inner child, because as highly sensitive people, sometimes we can be very, very hard on ourselves as we, as we yes. have talked about. And I think it's important to remember what you just sh- uh, shared about connecting with our children and also bringing that into ourselves. That's compassion, yes. that's self-compassion to our, our inner child that is still very much present and, and needs our, our attention. Yeah, yeah, well, thank you so much, Ivy. This was such a wonderful chat. I apologize for all the interruptions <laughs> that we've had <laughs> since we've been trying to make this happen. <laughs> thank you for, for being so patient. Of course. Thank you so much, Rosa, for having me. I could talk about high sensitivity all day. Like, this is my yeah. bread and butter. Yeah. I just love yeah. it. Oh, same, same. I, I, it's, it's such a fast for me. It's just so fascinating to to realize how um, the complexities of because on top of you know being highly sensitive, then we deal with trauma and anxiety, depression, and and it's just the complexities of of, of being highly sensitive are never ending, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for the folks that would love to get familiar with your work, um, how could people find you? So you can go to my website, um, www.thezinniapractice.com. Zinnia is Z-I-N-N-I-A. Um, I'm also at The Zinnia Practice on Instagram and on Facebook. And I also have, for my highly sensitive folks who are listening and they want to learn more about you know, their triggers, I have a free download. Um, it's the nine emotional triggers, the nine most common emotional triggers for highly sensitive people and basically how you can manage it. And that I believe will be in the show notes. Yes, it will be there. And you've sent it to me. So I, I have all of that. Thank you so much, Ivy, again. And I look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Rosa. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website which is rosachettilcsw.com and I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.